Well, thanks so much, Anchor. I appreciate the support. If you guys don't know, Anchor runs my uh, my podcast channel, and they distribute out to Spotify and Apple iTunes and wherever you may listen to uh, podcasts. And as always, today's podcast is brought to you by SolderWeld. You can check them out at www.solderweld.com, and they're the makers of 15% round rod, alloy saw, multi-saw, and of course, hot block. If you see them anywhere on social media, make sure you can find them on the hashtag block the burn, hashtag block the burn. And that is the guys and gals over at uh, Solderweld, uh, Lance and Zeke. They've been my longest supporter. And again, you can check them out at www.solderweld.com. So today, um, in our continuing series of podcasts with the HVAC Entrepreneur, uh, we have Stephen Dorst. He is the owner of Pro Air in San Mateo, California. And Stephen came to me through, by accident actually, through a LinkedIn post. And then we connected and then we started talking. And he's got a really cool story about how he started his business how he got to where he is today, some of the struggles. And I think that's the big thing because when Stephen and I were speaking, Stephen's actually a service tech who was servicing for a while, wrenching for a while, and then said, you know what, I, I want to start a business. Like I want to run an air conditioning business completely different than what I'm used to. And he went out and started his own business. And he's had some trials and tribulations along the way. And we're going to talk about that because the whole goal of the HVAC Entrepreneur Series is to have discussion with owners to share what they've done, the successes and the failures, if they have any, some guys don't have any failures, and share them with uh, all of you that are listening. So those of you who are thinking about, you know what, I'm tired of working for the man because he makes millions and millions of dollars. I'm going to go out on my own and do my own business. You know, and most times that's not true. Um, It wasn't for me when I started my own business, and I'm sure Stephen's going to say the same thing. So welcome, Stephen. Thanks, Mike. I appreciate you having me on. Um, And yeah, I'm I'm glad I can share my story and help anybody listening that um, you know wants to hear about what it's like to start an HVAC company. So when when did you get in the trade? I got in the trade in 2007. So um, I've been doing this going on 13 years now, Um, and. I actually got in the trade because my mom was the office manager for, for one of the companies here in the area. And um, I wanted to I wanted to uh, get into the trade by by starting from the bottom and that's where I was. I I was a helper uh, on residential installs and uh, I I'll never forget the journey in the first day told me I'm gonna be a pair of hands. So uh, that's that's how I got started, um, and worked worked my way up. Um, went from being being a helper on residential installs, and, and back then, 2008, uh, 2007, 2008, there was we had a recession, so um, a lot of companies slowed down. The company I was working for um, kind of downsized, but I was fortunate because I was cheap labor. And it couldn't have been better for me because I got to see a lot of things. You know, I, I went in the shop, helped fabricate ductwork, um, shadowed service techs, worked along with them, um, helped on residential installations, 
felt on commercial installations. Um, so, so yeah, that's, that's how I got my start. Did you end up going to trade school at all? Was it all like OJT on the job training? Um, I, I did. Uh, I, I got a lot of uh, training. I actually did um, close to six years worth of uh, apprenticeship training. The uh, first two years, I, I strictly learned sheet metal and how to fabricate it. And then um, the last four years, I focused on um, service. Awesome. So you had it all. So when, when, you, when you started moving forward in the business and the company that you were working for, at some point did you move into a management position? Because all the things that you're saying about working with hands-on sheet metal, you're doing residential commercial, you're doing service work, project work, apprenticeship work, all those things, somewhere along the line you had to have moved into the office to begin to learn the business side of it. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, it took a long time, actually. It um, took me about seven years, and I got an opportunity to become an HVAC uh, service foreman for a large large company in San Francisco, and um, that that was awesome. Um, it, it's a completely different skill set from being in the field. you got to learn how to manage people, um, not, only, not only your workers, your co-workers, but also dealing with vendors and other other companies that you're working with, other contractors to get jobs done, you know, on time and under budget. Um, so I, I, I realized going to that position, um, it, it was a whole new world to the trade, um, especially when you start seeing, you know, um, the budget, you start seeing, you know, what jobs you're bidding for. Um, so, yeah, that was that was a... That was very beneficial to my uh, to my trade. When did you realize in this time period that you might have looked at yourself in the mirror one day and said, Stephen Dorst, I want to own a company? Or did that even transpire or be, did your mom say something since you're working with your mom's company or somebody else did you find did somebody say hey bro you got this down like you should start a company or did you have a revelation you know how it started Mike was I um I started to get side work um I'll be honest and I know a lot of guys out there do get side work and for full disclosure I, I did do everything um under the um, laws of California as far as financial-wise. But to, to go on, um, I started to get a lot of side work and so much side work that I had to turn it down. I had to turn a lot down. And I figured, you know, I could I could do this. And it was, it was pretty exciting because I'm starting to, you know, see what it's like to, to want a job on my own. And um, I figured if I could start marketing, I could, if I could start telling people, hey, I got my own company, then, yeah, this this would be a lot more lucrative for myself. So that's that's what got me um, thinking. You know, I can I can start my own company. Did you did you go down and get your contractor's license right away, or did you? Because like when I started my business, I actually worked for a long time without a license, and I've told people about how I started it. Did you get a license right away? Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I I um. 
it, it, and it's not so quick. You know, you think it, hey, I just apply and you get it. It, it was about a six-month process, and that's where I really got down and I had to study because I had no experience with the law side of running a business. And we actually, here in California, when you take, the, you, you apply for the contractor's license, there's two tests you have to take, the law side and then the, the actual trade side. Um, the, the law side was all new to me, and that was very challenging. But, you know, for anybody listening, there, there are a lot of companies out there that will help you um, study. You know, you can, you can find it on Google, and that, that's what I did. I, I went to Google, looked for a local uh, contractor school, and they got me set up right away. You know, sent me all the material I needed to study for the test and um, and how to actually apply. Uh, that's the other thing that I had no experience with was, you know, what am I? Am I going to be a sole proprietor? Are we going to be a corporation? Are we an LLC? So I had to do a lot of research on that. So it was a lengthy process, um, but, but um, yeah, it, it I got through it. But when, when you get your license in California, like I got mine, and most states, it's not cheap. So you get your license. You paid for a school. I paid for a school. I went to a, a, an air con- a contractor school in California. You pay them. You get your license. Then there's a bond fee into it, and you have to get a bond. And then you start to go out and do business but those are costs against the business. Did you expect those costs? Did you save up for them? Or were you like, holy crap, this is way more expensive than I thought? Um, I, fortunately, I, I, I was prepared. Um, I, I knew it wasn't going to be easy. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I was prepared for that. When you got then, when you got all that stuff done, did you did you let your employer know, like, hey, been a great run um i'm going to try a different opportunity or did your employer know that steven doris is going out to start pro air you know what's funny i got a good story on this one um because i'm 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 starting to build momentum for myself i'm excited right i i passed i passed my uh contractor's license test both both the law and trade side so i'm thrilled right and then when the contractor state license board notified me that, that I had my license, I, I was ecstatic. And I went to my employer and, you know, mind you, I'm the foreman, right? So I have a pretty big role in the company. And I went to them and I gave them four week notice. I said, you know, I, I let them know I'm, I got my license and I'm going in business for myself. You know, uh, I could stay here for the next month, make sure, you know, we don't need any loose ends. And apparently they weren't thrilled. And so I told them that on the Monday, on Friday, they're handing me my check. So it was like, see ya. And I actually, I was kind of accounting for like, okay, I got, you know, four weeks to, you know, get something lined up for myself. And uh, no, it was time to sink or swim. It was, it was pretty much like I got fired. And, um, but I'll tell you what, it was probably the best thing that could happen to me because I got thrown in the deep end and it was like, here you go. You want to be a contractor? Go for it. When all that happened, you go off on your own, 
You get low, well, they, they actually accepted your resignation early. Happens a lot. <clears throat> you go off on your own. Was there a point at all when you were really running calls on your own? Did you ever say to yourself, um, holy crap, what did I just do? Or did you, you know, like insurance, like you, you walked away from a medical insurance. You walked away from probably a retirement plan. Uh, you may have walked away from vacations and holiday pay. And all of a sudden you're on your own, running your own truck, running your own calls. Did at some point you ever look at yourself and say, holy crap, what did I just do? Or did you look at yourself and say, that was the best decision I've ever made? Oh, yeah. Early on, early on, I, I definitely had that moment where, oh, shit, you know, what what did I just do? Um, I, I, I walked away from a very lucrative job to start my own company. And a lot of people would probably think I'm crazy for that, but... In the end, I'm glad I did. But yeah, I'll never forget it. I I, um, I have three kids, and I was coaching my son's baseball team on a Saturday, and it hit me. I'm on the field, and I'm thinking, you know, Saturday, Monday, <laughs> I gotta I gotta figure out how I'm gonna bring you know some money on you know to support my family. So, um, you know, and I think that that was natural. I think that's natural that happens, but. Um, but I think every small business owner has that. Every small business owner says, you know what, it's great. Oh, my God, this is so great. I'm not working for the man. And then reality kicks in and goes, holy crap, i got to bring money in. Yep, yep, absolutely. Did Was the wife and family and the parents and everybody totally supportive? Or did you have some family members that are like, what did you do? <laughs> hmm. um, yeah, wife, wife definitely support, supported me. And still does. Um, she's a big cheerleader of mine. And, um, yeah, um, definitely had, you know, some family members concerned, um, especially, you know, since, since, uh, I had such a good company that I was working for. I mean, the company I was working for was based in San Francisco and we were doing big projects for big tech companies, you know, um, LinkedIn, Google, Yelp, you name it. And, um, yeah, so, but you know what? You, you have to believe in yourself. And if anyone's listening and, and they're thinking about doing it, don't don't listen to any of the doubters. You know, if, if this is something that you really feel like you can do, do it. Go for it. You know, the worst thing that's going to happen is, is you might fail, but you can push through that and and climb out of that. Or you can always go back to the job. There, People are always looking higher. So, you know, don't, don't, don't doubt yourself. Well, the reason that I ask that is that is a lot of guys know the trade, right? They understand the process of putting in a unit, servicing a unit, running electrical, running the drains, doing the gas pipe, whatever that they're doing, whatever part of the trade they're in. They understand the trade point. What they find out is that they don't understand the business side. They don't understand how to quote a job. Like I've had a lot of guys come up and be like, I have no idea how to quote a job. And I'm like, well, what were you doing the entire time you were working for that company? I never made it in the office. I'm like, do you even understand profit margin? And, and you know, I had, um, I had Kevin from Seaside Gas on an, on an earlier podcast. And I says, well, what's the one thing 
you want to leave business, potential business owners. He goes, it's not your money. Like when you get the money, it's not yours. It goes in the bank because you have to pay the you have to pay the suppliers and the fuel and the insurance and the overhead and this and that. Oh, and, and don't forget about taxes. Right, and taxes and all this stuff. He goes, it's not your money. So that's why I, I, I always ask guys, and that's why I'm asking you, like, you know, you understood that. And I get that, that you're saying, hey, if you want to go do it, go do it. Now's the time. Go get your license. Is there no point of that that says, but, and it's a big but, you better understand the business side because you can be awesome technically and lose it all in the money side. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, don't go into it blindly. Educate yourself. Um, you know, we, we live in a great era now where we're on the information age and you have information at your fingertips. So um, seek help. And, you know, the most important thing if you're starting a business is to create a team. So if you don't understand something, you got to find somebody who knows how to do that. And if it's if it's the financials, you know, talk to a CPA. Um, if you need help with payroll accounting, um, there's plenty of companies out there that that will help you. So don't feel like you can do everything by yourself. I think that's one mistake I made early on was I was trying to do everything my, myself. I spread myself too thin. And once I actually reached out and started looking for help and trying to build a team, it, it was um, very helpful to the company. When you, when you started down the financial side of it, did your wife help you? Did she have it? Or was this 100% you? Yeah, yeah. My wife did help me. She, um, she helped me with the office. You know, um, so when I first started, I had a phone number, got, got a company truck, and I'm, I'm starting to run calls, and it's, it's getting busy, and I'm starting to miss, you know, phone calls coming in. So my wife actually started, um, yeah, booking, booking calls for me uh, during the day and setting up my schedule, which is, which is nice. If you have somebody, you know, taking those calls and, and filling up your schedule, it's really helpful. How... I'm going to go back. You, you had enough clients. You were booking calls. Let's talk a little bit about lead generation before we go deeper into the business side. How are you creating lead generation? Was it all word of mouth? Did you use Google? Did you do something that was helpful to you, especially in the Bay Area? Because the Bay Area is so competitive. It's It's and it's a different structure. We're not going to go into it, but there's union, non-union. There's areas to work, areas that you can't. Uh, travel time is god-awful. There's places where you, you don't want to travel to. Like, I don't want to drive to South San Francisco because I've got bridge tolls, and it's too long and too far and too this. How did you define? Did you define an area where you said, I'm only going to work in a certain area because I can only cover a certain area. And then how did you generate leads? Um, when I first started, I was pretty naive, and I thought I could cover the whole Bay Area. <laughs> um, I've, I've lived here my whole life. I'm actually from South San Francisco, and um, I have a family in East Bay and Concord, Walnut Creek. So 
you know, I, I, that drive's not bad for me. And I figured, hey, I, you know, if I get a call out in the East Bay, I can take that. And if I get one in the South Bay, I can do that. Or on the peninsula, I can bust all these calls out. And, yeah, you, you told me. I mean, there's traffic that were extremely congested up here. And you just can't get everything. So Yelp is the um, the way I first started marketing. Um, I did not, when I first started, I didn't have any digital marketing companies or I didn't do any SEO. Um, I I um, created created an account with Yelp and just started advertising on Yelp. And that, that helped bring leads in uh, for me. And... What I decided was I gotta I gotta focus just on the peninsula. So we're based in San Mateo, California, and it's about 20 miles south of San Francisco, and we're about 20 miles north of Silicon Valley. So we are in a really good area, and um, I decided that's what we're gonna focus on. We're just gonna focus on San Francisco down to Santa Clara, and um, unfortunately, anybody in the, in the East Bay or North Bay, South Bay, they just cannot find somebody else. And once I did that, it made a huge difference because now I'm not wasting time, you know, trying to cross the Bay Bridge or the Golden Gate Bridge. I'm just focused on this side of the bay, and um, it, it helped a lot. But and just to touch on lead generation, it, it is important, you know, at least for us here in the Bay Area. There, there's a lot of competition, and there there's a lot of people looking for our services. Um, so, you know, to market yourself and let people know, hey, we're out here. Um, we're here to serve you. Um, that, that was huge for us. And, and the, the ROI on, you know, the marketing expenses is, is, is huge, especially on the you know, here. I can't speak for, you know, the, the rest of the country, but I know here in the area it was huge for us. But since you're in the Bay Area and it's so technology-driven and you said that you used Yelp, and, and Yelp is good, but Yelp is bad um, because Yelp, you can put a fake bad post on it and Yelp won't remove it. You know, like yeah. your competitor could say a horrible thing about you and it's like, well, wait, that's not even true. I didn't even do that job. So, yeah. but did you... Have you moved away from Yelp? Are you focusing more on Facebook Facebook and, and social media? Or have you gotten to a point in your business to where it's so word of mouth driven now that I just focus on just a basic Facebook ad or, or, or what? Um, yeah, word of mouth is, is awesome. That, that's probably a golden ticket. But yes, we are using other platforms to market on. Um, we're trying to grow our social media marketing. Um, and and then we did recently in the beginning of 2019, um, we linked together with a digital marketing company to um, get us new generation through SEO and get us more on Google. Um, and and it's, been, it's been great. Um, and that, that's one side that we're still trying to figure out um, since we are a small company, but yeah, I mean you gotta definitely have to market yourself. Is there a percentage of your of your gross revenue, your total year end that you look at and you're like, you know what, I did one million bucks this year or whatever. I I need to spend at least 
10 to 20% on advertising, or do you spend more, or do you spend less? Um, right now, yeah, it's, it's about 20%. Um, and, and it's it's just one of those things that I feel like we, we have to do to keep the leads coming in and, and to keep our guys keep our guys busy. When do you do home shows? Um, have not. We have not. I've uh, been offered to do a couple, um, but you know we're we're still we're we're still in the early stages of our company. We we've, we've been in business for three years, and um, we're really just focused on getting getting jobs done. And um, haven't had the opportunity to really do any home shows just cool. yet. So let's move forward then. You have you have the advertising going. You're a small company. Somewhere along the line, the decision was, I would assume, we need more vehicles. Did or, or we need an office. You probably moved out of your, are you home based or in an office? Yeah. We have an office now. Um when we first started, no, no. Um we were um, actually, I, I wanted, I didn't want to be home based. I wanted to have an actual, um, location that we can call our, you know, our shop, but it wasn't ours. I was actually, um, just renting space. So I, I, I literally just rented a desk. Um, I, I didn't have any room to, to put any of my materials or anything. Um, it, it, my uncle actually has a roofing company here and I, I asked him if, you know, I could use his address and that was, that was really helpful to me. Um, so you're kind of subletting as, a little bit. We, what's that? It's kind of subletting a little bit, and you're saving some money along the way, because that that's actually really smart. Yeah, yeah. And, and we did that for the first few years, and it got to the point where it's just I needed somewhere to put on materials. So mm. I, I, found a, I found a little warehouse in, in San Mateo, and, and we got our own spot, and... It's it's been great, and you know the one the one thing I will say about business is there. You know, I kind of have the idea of oh, we can grow, especially out here. There's so much potential that I want to get bigger and bigger. And I had to just tell myself, just hold on, just just see this through. You know, I, my my warehouse now is 700 square feet, so it's tiny. You know, we have one office, but it's nice. You know, we got our own space now. It's better than that that desk that I had. Um, and um, well, you can call it home. I think that's the big thing. You can actually yeah. say, "I'm home. This is my space. This is my office. I did this." You can do whatever yeah. you want to. I can punch the walls or hang a picture or do whatever, and I don't have somebody looking over my shoulder. Yeah. So that was that's great for us. We, you know, we got our home now, and uh, it's 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 been good. Um, it would be nice to get a little bigger, but you know, we're, we're, I'm not I'm not gonna jump in too fast um so um so how many what, what was the other question you asked well my one of the things i want to know is how many trucks are you running oh the trucks okay um we have three company vehicles um so when i first started i i did take a loan out to to get a uh, new, new truck or did you do an sba loan or did you do like a bank loan no no i uh, didn't take any uh, sba loans out um I I did take a loan to, to get a truck, and um, that was the first truck we had, and it was me. It was me, myself, and I. I was driving it. I was running all the calls and realized I needed help quick because I can't, you can't do an install by yourself. I mean, you could, but it's, 
you're, you're not going to be too efficient at it. So, um, yeah, I looked to hire, and, um, yeah, I actually hired my first guy within, like, the first two months of doing business, and um, it was great, you know, he was, he was a great worker, and he, he did a lot of work for me and was able to run his own jobs, so then I, that's when I first started to expand. I was like, okay, he can, he can run jobs, I can run jobs, and he can get another vehicle. The second vehicle I got was used. I didn't want to get another um, new, new truck. I wanted to get something I could afford, and, and it, was, it was awesome. You know, where now I got somebody else, you know, doing the installs. I could focus on doing estimates. I could focus on running service calls at EV, and, you know, I'll just start lining him up with all these installations that we got going, um, and and then it kind of kept going. Well, it's like now he's getting burnt out. Hey, I need some help. Okay, let me let me find you a helper. You know, and that that's that's the tricky thing is you know trying to create a system and, and keep it in place and keep it moving and make sure you know it's it's efficient. But um, those are but those come with costs. So you're you have a loan. Yeah. And now you have an employee, and then and in California now that you have an employee, you have workers' comp. You know, you're by yourself. You don't need that. So now you have workers' comp. Mm-hmm. Um, you have rent. Yeah. You have your overhead, um, your yeah, fuel. There, there are, yeah, don't, yeah, don't get me wrong. And I get what you're trying to say. There, there are a lot of expenses. Well, it kind of goes back to what Kevin said at Seaside Gas, which was, again, when you get a check, on a job, and you bid a job for five thousand dollars, but it really costs you twenty five hundred bucks in material and cost and labor. Like that twenty five hundred that's left over is not yours. Like, don't look yeah. at it and go, "Oh my God, we're we're buying a boat." Like, no, don't buy a boat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I did not go out and buy a boat. Um, but yeah, there's Guys, if you're listening and you're thinking about it, listen to Mike, he's, he's right. And let me tell you, I mean, you got, you know, here in California, you got workers' comp, you got unemployment insurance. You got 20, yeah. Yeah, there's so much. Insurance costs are, are huge. I mean, there's so many insurance. I mean, that's that's like one of my top expenses is just paying insurance. Because when, you, when you're a company and you have truck insurance, it's not your normal you know, Geico, here's a hundred bucks a month. It, it's a lot. It's a lot of money. Um, and, and if you're doing commercial work, we do, we do some commercial work. We do a lot of residential, but when you do commercial here, specifically in the Bay Area, you got to have a million dollar umbrella insurance. So just keep that in mind. Um, the, the other thing is, is taxes. Um, when you're, when you have employees, now you have to pay, you know, when you're an employee, you get your check. The first thing you notice is the taxes are taken immediately. Like, you don't need, that's off the top. You don't need to do that. But when you're the employer, you can do one of two things, right? You, you have that money in your bank account, in the company bank account, and you're paying your guys, but you still need to pay your federal taxes. You still need to pay your state taxes. Well, if you have them, depending on the state train. We're in California, but we have state taxes. Um... So, yeah, you got Social Security, like you said. Um, but California is different, though. On top of all of that, say one other thing. Yeah, go ahead. On top of all of that, you know, I want to provide medical and dental and vision. So I, that's another that, that's another thing that I kind of just consider insurance. You know, I got another expense. So, yeah, 
it, it's expensive and, and yeah, like like you're saying, it, it's not your money, so you do have to be smart and and budget that. Well, and I was to say is that California has laws, labor laws that are very costly to the employer, that mm-hmm. drive time, travel, paid travel. The Bay Area has problems with, you know, other things like, and, they, and New York has it, New Jersey has it, and a lot of big cities. You have parking, you have bridge tolls. Um, I know, like, guys who work in San Francisco, we do work in San Francisco, where parking is by the hour, and you can't mm-hmm. stay in that spot. Oh, look, I got a parking spot, so I'll just stay here for the whole day. And it's like, no, you have to move your van every hour to a different spot, so you're constantly driving around. And a lot of guys will just wait, especially in the Bay Area, they'll wait and get the parking ticket, the $85 parking ticket, and in their head, that's their $85 parking pass because they're like, well, I'm good for the entire day. And, yeah. uh, <laughs> you know, and that $85 yeah. comes right out of profit. You know, you, you either bill the client for that $85 charge, you bill an extra hour of labor, or in some cases you end up eating it. So, you know, that's why your yours business is so much different than everybody else's because it's a California-based business that has huge expenses, and you have to cover all of it. Yeah, and, and, and if you're listening, my choice, and, and here in California, that's kind of the cost of doing business. You have to take all of those factors, and unfortunately, it gets billed to, to your consumer because if you don't do that, you're going to be underwater. You're going to be losing money big time. So um, that's kind of the game that's played out here. And it's, it's unfortunate, but it, you know, there's so much regulation and so many laws and everything that's been set up that, I mean, that's, that's the way the game's been played. And I've seen it. It's not, it's, I didn't create it. I've seen it from past companies that I've worked for. And that's, that's the way it goes. You know, that's cost of business. Now let's talk about trucks. Vans, trucks, vans, because I know you got some vans. Mm-hmm. Do you lease them? Are you purchasing them? What is what is your company doing? Um, we we purchase them, we, but we we take a loan out. We you know put a pay, pay with a down payment, and yeah, we want to own those vehicles once once they're paid off. Um, so yeah, we we purchase them. Um, we have three vehicles, two trucks, and a van, and. Um, yeah, it's it's an expense, but um, I figured, you know, in our trade, at least for speaking for myself, customers aren't coming to our office. Customers aren't, you know, inquiring us that way. They they see our vehicles. You know, we're we're a mobile service. Um, we pull up to their house and we replace furnaces, we repair furnaces, um, same with air conditioning. So that's. That's your mobile office. That's that's what I figured. So I figured that that would be um, an expense, like an expense that you know necessary, and will eventually pay for itself. Are your vans wrapped, or they just have stickers on them, or nothing at all? Um, we we had uh, we had decals put on them. I wouldn't call it a wrap because the whole thing is not wrapped. But but we do have our 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 brand on on the vehicles. Um, you know, and I, I think they look great. Um, you see, yeah. I, I see a lot of uh, companies out there that, that just go with plain, and 
that's fine. I, I figured, you know what, let's go with the decals. And now not only, you know, we got our mobile office, but now we, we can be a, a driving billboard as well. Yeah, because that's part of your, it's almost free advertising. Yeah, and especially, I mean, like you mentioned, there's so much traffic out here. People are stuck in traffic. They're pissed, and, you know, they, they got to go home, and if their heater's not working, they see us in traffic, and, yeah, they can see, hey, we call Pro Air. So you've got the vans, you're buying them outright, you've got a sm- an office, you've got your employees, we're going to break your business down, you've got your business, you have all your taxes, all your expenses. When, I know in California it's a little different about tools, when you require a technician to have X amount of tools, a lot of times the company's required to buy them, especially in specialty tools. Do you buy your guys tools? Do they provide a basic I- handset? What do you do there? Yeah. I, I provide all power tools. Um, you know, I expect I expect guys, especially if, you, if you're a tradesman, you should have your hand tools, but you shouldn't be required to have everything. I provide uh, torches for brazing, vacuum pumps for covering machines. Um, I actually um, got all the walt. Um, I'm, I like the walt. Um, I'm not knocking any other brand, but. I provide all the DeWalt power tools. I, I knew um, I liked you for a reason. I'm a DeWalt guy, too. <laughs> um, you know what's funny is I was, when I first got the train, I was big on Makita. I love Makita. And when when DeWalt, you know, a few years back, changed and the, they got the lithium-ion batteries, um, the 20-volt, and it, it, it was a game-changer. And, and I switched, switched to DeWalt. Um, and I actually have a few... Uh, relatives and family who work for uh, DeWalt. So, um, and and before that, they were trying to put me on to DeWalt. And I was not on the key and the key Finally made the switch. And anyway, back to what I was saying is, as far as providing tools, yes, yes, you do provide all the tools. That's another expense to think about. <laughs> you have a lot of costs. I mean, that's the big thing is, is that you have a lot of costs involved in running a business, and a lot of people don't. That's it. It kind of goes back all the way to the all the way to the beginning when Stephen was running around the Bay Area, running service calls for somebody else, and he's like, "I'm going to do my own business." You understood that because you'd worked at a company that taught you the costs, and your mom was involved in the business, and so she probably helped yeah. you a little bit along the way. But a lot of guys Absolutely. don't like; they have no idea the costs, and then they they get into a business, and then they're like, "Holy cow! What did I just do?" Is there a yeah. Have you made mistakes along the way where you're like, wow, I screwed up there. I'm not ever going to do that again. I spent too much there, or that was a huge mistake. I thought that was the way to go, and it wasn't. Was there anything you did that you're like, I'll never do that again? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I've made mistakes. I probably will continue to make mistakes, but that that's the only way you can really learn, in my opinion. And the key is to to learn from that and, and not make those mistakes again. But I mean, yes, yeah, as far as financials, um, like, and, did you, the reason I asked, the reason I asked that about the mistake part is I get that there were mistakes made later on. That's not a big deal. What the mistakes I'm looking for are like, um, yeah, I really had to have this operating system and I thought it was the way to go. And I paid 20,000 for a system when I should have just got QuickBooks and paid a third of that. 
You know, did you do anything um, like that where you're you know like... What? I actually had the opposite of that. I was trying to do it all myself. I was trying to figure out, okay, I could pay my payroll taxes quarterly. And next thing you know, I owe the government, you know, a few thousand dollars. And it's like, oh, shoot, I'm not prepared for that. So what I did was I got with the payroll company to handle all that. And just like you said... Or like Kevin from Seaside said, it's not your money. So, I mean, they, they are, you know, it's a weekly service where they, uh, payroll goes out every week, taxes get paid every week. That way, every quarter, I don't have a big, you know, lump sum due. Um, but another, just to touch on another um, mistake that I made early on financial-wise was I, I have good credit and I was, I got large credit lines from all, from a lot of my suppliers. And, yeah, at one point, I think we had five employees, and you can imagine how often each guy goes to the supply house, and I, this was my fault for being unorganized and not being accountable for looking at what's being bought at supply houses. Yeah, they, my credit line got ran up, and next thing you know, it's like, hey, you'll spend grand for last month, and it's like, holy moly, you know, and well, that, that was another mistake I made, and, and it, 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 I learned, like, okay, we need, to, we need to keep an eye on this. You know, we can't spend frivolously and, and just not be accountable. And we need to look at what job we're doing, how much we're spending, build that to the customer. And, and on top of that, you got to mark it up, right? you got to mark up and build it to the customer, and then and then you got to pay it. When you get paid, you got to pay, pay what you owe. So, yeah, um those were early on mistakes that I made and, and learned from. Um, and, and uh, yeah, you gotta, it's, it's never ending. But when you made the mistakes, like, did you do anything smart? Now, and not, not going into business smart, like, did you get a credit card that where you get points or do you get miles or do you pay your fuel on a credit card or do you have a WEX card for fuel where you can track costs? Um, do you have any you know of that? I actually did, um, to, uh, and, and this is just for me, and I'm, you know, I don't have all the answers, but what I needed to do for, for our company was I closed a lot of the credit accounts and started paying cash. I, we still do have um, new credit accounts where that we just we need, and, you know, so my guys can be efficient. They can go and pick things up. But, I mean, I, I felt like I opened up a credit line with every single supplier out here. And, you know, I'm, I was like six or seven of them. So I closed a lot of them. The, the ones that I that we weren't going to that often and started paying cash a lot more. Just, just you know, we, we, got, if we need a part, we need something, we need equipment, let's just pay for it, be done with it. You know, that, that that's what worked for us. So it looks, you know, like you've, you have figured out how to run a successful small business. You're, you're staying cash positive. You're, do you run a P&L just for you and your wife to look at? Or are you just small enough that you're not really running a P&L and that you're good? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we, have, we run a P&L, and, and we, I, have an, uh, I have a CPA that I work with that, that takes care of all of that. So I, that's something that, you know, I... I, I, you look at it, but I, I need somebody else to to 
more than I did because there's so many other things that I need to do in, with the business. I mean, there, there's, you can imagine, there's, there's a lot of things that need to be done. So as far as profit and loss and, and, and doing that thing, and, you know, bank statements, I, I have an accountant who, who takes care of all that for me. What is what is the goal for Pro Air? Do you obviously you you had a lot of employees. It sounded like you had like five up at one time. Then it kind of shrunk down a little bit. Are you good where you're at? Um, is your um, goal to be a twenty five thirty five man shop or a person shop with women included? Um, you know what is what is your goal? Because a lot of guys start off in business and they're like, my goal is just to run some service calls and keep my head above the water. Or some guys are like, you know, like Kevin and other people I've spoken to, like they want to be 10, 20 man shop. What is your goal? Yeah, we, we want to grow. I, I, I want to grow. Um, yeah, right now we, we have three employees and we have a good thing going. Um, but, but yeah, absolutely. We're looking to grow. We're looking to, we're looking to hire uh, good service techs and, and good installers. Um, here it's, it's pretty scarce. To find uh, good good workers because all the good ones are working and, and there's plenty of work out here. So, but no, we, we are absolutely looking to grow um, at at a pace that we can keep up with. You know, we don't want to go for broke. You know, and um, we don't want to spread ourselves too thin. Uh, but but absolutely, that's a way to grow. Um, it the thing that, that that was nice for me is once I could start delegating some of the roles. Um, it makes it a lot easier, and it, it starts bringing in more cash flow. When, when guys are out there doing jobs, you know, if I have a team, that's going to be a lot more successful than, than me trying to do everything myself. What? Because we're slowly coming to the end. We've already got almost 46 minutes. Um, it goes by fast. Um, it does. <laughs> what? What would be something like, like for me, I live off the, the my day-to-day is, um, you know, do the right thing and risk the consequences. That's what I live off of. Um, yeah. What is it, what do you live off of? Like, what is it that you try to instill in your employees? What is it that, that continue moves you forward? Um, besides making profit, which is more than that, is there something that maybe you were taught that you use in the back of your mind every single day? Yeah, it's gratitude. I, I, I try to be grateful for, for everything, you know, and there's always going to be problems. There's always going to be, you know, deadlines to meet or, or customers who are upset. But if you just take some time and you're thankful for for everything, I mean, I'm, I'm thankful to have a roof over my head. I'm thankful to be alive. You know, I'm, I just practice gratitude and, you know, it, it comes back tenfold to you. Awesome. So where could we learn about Pro Air? If you're a service tech or maybe somebody listening that's in the in the San Francisco Bay Area, um, you know, East Bay, it sounds like you're down in Redwood City, San Mateo area? Uh, San Mateo. Well, yeah, we're in San Mateo, close to Redwood City. And so I love Redwood City. Um, yeah, oh, can... crazy. Well, how would they get a hold yeah, of you? Can... I, I wouldn't put your phone number. Is there a, a website they can go to? Yeah, guys, you can check us out at theproair.com. So www the proair.com and also yeah give me a follow on social media I'm on Instagram at the proair LinkedIn you can find me at Stephen Dorst um, yeah connect with me awesome 
So, yeah, again, you know, if, if you guys are out there and there's some young men and women that are listening and they're in the Bay Area, and, yeah, and listen, there are huge companies in the Bay Area that will probably hire you. The problem is you end up getting swallowed up and you become a number and you lose that one-on-one -on -one with an owner. And for me, I've always enjoyed working for companies where I'm one-on-one -on -one with the owner. I can learn every day. I can learn something different instead of just being one of a hundred that's floating around yeah. and the owner has no idea who I am and they don't even know about the van I'm driving or the struggles that I have. So there's, there's positives and negatives with everything. I've always enjoyed working for smaller companies um, for that very reason. So you guys definitely want to check out Stephen Dorst. That's D-O-R-S-T, Stephen Dorst. Uh, you can find him at theproair.com and he's hiring and he's looking for young qualified even old guys like me that are looking hey, can i just touch on what yeah. you said um now's the perfect time especially here in the area to to come work for somebody like you said one-on-one -on -one. i mean we're small with plans awesome. to grow but i mean it, you know if you're looking to be a project manager if you're if you're a seasoned hvac tech or an installer we have positions available Awesome. Sounds great, man. Sounds sounds awesome. I'm 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 leaving Arizona. I'm going to Redwood City. Um, no, that's not true. Yeah, we'll we'll work something out. I'm actually in Redwood City quite often. So um, again, this is Stephen Dorse with Pro Air. You'll find him at www.theproair.com. And of course, as Always, I want to thank Solderweld. You can check them out at www.solderweld.com, and they're the makers of hot block and round rod and 15% silver solder and multi-sol and alloy sol and all that stuff. And as always, be good humans. There is so much crazy stuff that goes on in the world all day long. Like just wrap your arms around the ones you love and hold them tight every day and and, and exactly what Steven said about, about gratitude, like be grateful for the things you have because there's a lot of people around the world that have nothing. And so, you know, be grateful, work hard, be good humans, work safe, be safe, all of those things. And uh, if you need to get a hold of me on this podcast or you have any questions, you can get a hold of me on my email, which is HVAC Reefer Guy, HVAC the letters, R-E-F-E-R Guy, G-U-I, at gmail.com. Until next time, like I said, work safe, be safe, be good humans, and we'll talk soon.